It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, welcome to Red Friday on North Sound 1 and the Dons made it six wins on the bounce after beating Viking of Norway in the Europa League qualifying second round last night. And that result sets up a glamour tie against Portuguese giants Sporting Lisbon and Dons boss Derek McInnes is delighted at the prospect. Great, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, you know, we said before the game, we spoke to the players often enough about it. We want to experience that. It's just a, a real shame that we can't experience a, a full house out there and play supporters and it's a real shame our supporters can't travel because that clearly would be a game that would whet the appetite and... North Sound 1 Red Friday yeah, the Dons in action on Sunday at home to Motherwell before that one. Uh, but let's turn our attentions first of all to last night's win. I'm joined by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. Uh, Dave, six wins in a row, another clean sheet. Everything's looking pretty good right now. It is indeed. And uh, you can see the confidence starting to really flow amongst the squad. And, uh, you know, the, the injury situation is is on the, the improvement. And uh, in Ryan Hedges and Ross McCrory, you've got... Two got the two scorers last night who just uh, their stock is rising game by game. Yeah, absolutely, and it is Andrew great to see that consistency. It's something, especially from players like Ryan Hedges, who have shown previously in moments that they have real talent, real skill. They're starting to show it week in, week out, game in, game out. They are indeed, and uh, it's as Dave said. You know, their their confidence is high. They're trying things, and things are coming off. I mean, as you saw last night with Ryan Hedges whipping in that corner kick for the second goal and it's it's not the first time he's tried it I mean last week against Kilmarnock Danny Rogers had to make a very good save to prevent him scoring from a corner in that game uh, in the game last night uh, the first corner he took from the right hand side he whipped it in and the goalkeeper made a wee bit of a meal of it but um, you know it, it's it's having A the ability but B the confidence to try these things and then when you see them coming off you just feel so good about it and uh, you know Ross McCrory last night had a bit of an iffy start to the game an unusual position for him maybe uh, right sided uh, was he right wing back or was he right sided centre back to begin with not really sure but he was caught betwixt and between uh, but you know it still drove forward whenever he could and got his, his reward with the opening goal which came at exactly the right time for Aberdeen because they really dominated the first quarter of an hour of the game without putting the ball in the back of the net Viking came back into it and showed that they're quite a decent side but when we got that goal before half time it settled the Dons down and they, and then the icing on the cake was that wonderful corner kick from Ryan Hedges which I'm quite sure Barry Robson will be telling everybody he taught him how to take I'm sure he will, absolutely uh, Marley Watkins, Dave uh, I think a word just about what he's doing in the team because he's he, he's adding a, a completely different dimension to the way that the team plays he's a, he's a player that can he can hold the ball up quite well and as well as that he's he's getting on the end of chances but also creating some as well Yeah, he's uh, he hasn't found the net yet but it's only a matter of time but as, as you said he's great at holding up the ball he can take defenders out of the equation and he's very good with the ball at his feet doesn't give it away uh, at all and uh, I think he's been a, a great acquisition and and like Ryan he's got the incentive of getting back into the Wales squad for the, the European Championships next summer so you know, the signings are starting to really, really gel now. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get the fans' reaction to last night's game because, of course, it's another
another big win and it sets up that tie against Sporting Lisbon next week. Let's get our uh, fan reporter, Graham Watts, thoughts on last night's game. I think Aberdeen were, were by far the better side. You know, Viking had little spells. Nothing major for Joe to really do. A couple of little, little saves, but um, everything Viking did have, it was all in front of Aberdeen. I thought Hedges, uh, Wright and Hayes were... You know, pivotal to Aberdeen going forward because I don't think they could handle that pace. You know, when Aberdeen were running at them, they just looked a little bit lost and a bit, you know, sixes and sevens. But Ross McCrory again, you know, he gets his goal, a very good finish. You know, I thought, I think we all panicked a little bit when the referee went over to the linesman, but thankfully, you know, the ref seen sense. You know, the the ball did go over, well, just under Considine, but I don't think he was interfering with play. So you know, Aberdeen wasn't. I think that Aberdeen. You know, coming from a fan's point of view, Mike, you know, I think we're just delighted to see Aberdeen playing some football. You know, over the past few seasons, we've got Sam Cosgrove up there and, you know, we're just throwing it up the park. But Aberdeen are actually playing some football now. You're getting the ball on the deck. Hayes, right. You know, Kennedy, when he's back in the team, a bit of a miss last night for him. But, you know, they're actually playing some football and I think the fans are enjoying that and that's the main thing. Yeah, it is the main thing. I mean, the football is obviously, um, we say it's the main thing. It's, it's the main thing is getting results. But certainly the football is a big bonus, Dave, when you see real football being played. I know that fans have had their complaints about the style of football in the past sort of season or so. Um, and that is often the temptation. When you've got a big striker like Sam Cosgrove who does get on the end of things, there's a time and place for that. But the, they aren't really needing that time and place at the moment. No, as, as Graham mentioned there, the, the creative outlets that the Dons are blessed with at the moment are are many. And you've even got Nal McGinn, who was in the bench the uh, last couple of games, who's also still a very class player, even in his in his 30s now. But uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly a, a far more uh, fluid style that Aberdeen are, are playing with. Um, we've got obviously Motherwell, which we'll, we'll come on to on, on Sunday. But we've got the squad that we can... You know, change things about a bit without actually weakening the side and still retaining that creativity. That said, we'll all be delighted when Sam's available again because the one thing he does do is regularly put the ball in the back of the net, and uh, that's quite an important aspect. <laughs> but at the other end, you know, we're we're, we're not giving anything yeah. away right now. And I, again, Tommy Hoban, I really do hope he's. I'm sure, and I'm sure he, he will get signed on a, an extension because he's only here at the moment until the the turn of the year. But he's he's a real class act, and yeah. if he stays injury free, he's a great asset. Well, I was going to come on to talk there, Andrew, about the defensive displays because the the you know real really solid at the back at the moment. And uh, speaking of Tommy Hoban, you feel like a player like Tommy Hoban, who Aberdeen have shown a lot of faith in over the sort of last year and a half with the injuries he's had, uh, and he's also been good for the you know for the Dons as well. But you feel like an extension is it seems like the likely option. Oh, I think it's it's the obvious option, isn't it? I mean, he's, he really enjoys his football at Aberdeen. He's integrated so well uh, into the, the club. And as you say, he's a, he's a quality player. And the understanding that he and Andy Considine and Scott McKenna are, are building in front of Joe Lewis is ensuring that Joe is largely a spectator in these games. Because, you know... Both the last two games against Kilmarnock and against Viking, the opposition have had a lot of the ball, but I can't recall Joe having to make a difficult save in either of these two games. And uh, 
I'm sure he's quite happy uh, not having to be called into action too often uh, because the guys in front are doing such a good job. But I think one of the really important things about this Aberdeen squad at the moment is the pace that they've got. If you've got players who have real pace and the Dons have got that in abundance, it doesn't matter how good the opposition is, they are going to find it difficult to handle them. And our ability to to transition from defence into attack and vice versa, um, if we lose the ball, watch the likes of Johnny Hayes. If he loses the ball high up the pitch, who's the first man back getting the ball off the guy who has nicked the ball off him? It's Johnny. You know, we've got real pace in the side at the moment and I think the sky's the limit for, for this squad's to be honest, because there were moments last night where you just thought, you know, if we can put one of these away, we could go on and absolutely give this side a doing. It didn't happen, we won 2-0, but you just get the impression that we're only just a, a smidgen away from giving somebody a real hiding because mm. we're playing some really good football at the moment. Yeah, and that third qualifying round, well, that's the one that has been the problem in years gone by. And Scott Wright, he's in a rich vein of form at the moment. He know, knew exactly what was at stake last night when the Dons took on Viking in Norway. It was the, the kind of glamour tie, but we kind of just focused on the game last night against um, Viking, make sure we, we got through that. You know, and our attention turns to Sunday now, make sure we, we put in a good performance there and hopefully get a result, and then we can uh, obviously focus on the game next week. You know, it's one we're all really looking forward to, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to testing myself, and as you say, there's a, a rich history to the club, and yeah, it'll be a, a really good game. Yeah, well, obviously the players will be very much focused on Sunday's game now, Dave, but we're going to take a look at next week's uh, th- Thursday's Europa League game against Sporting Lisbon. It's a really unusual situation. It is this round where the Dons have had their problems over previous years. You feel in previous years that maybe the Maribor one was the one where, um, you know, potentially was the one that got away. But looking at this one on Thursday, it's a really unusual position because, of course, they could be, well, they will be without their coach and eight players uh, this weekend. And well, then, their game's been cancelled now. It's actually been cancelled, right. The uh, government has said they don't uh, follow the guidelines and so so that that game is off. So they will go into Thursday's game without... Any football that you know they they haven't their pre-season games have both been cancelled as well. So if ever Aberdeen have a f- real fighting chance, yeah. they're, they're a huge club, uh, and Andrew has the stats that I'm sure he'll <laughs> roll out very shortly. But yeah. uh, they they are a huge club, and uh, it would be a, a f- tremendous result. But boy, they they have it the way they're playing. Uh, the, going back to the the squad, I think the the main problem is keeping everybody happy in the mm. squad because there are players are really good players not getting a regular game but converse the mm. games are coming so thick and fast there will be quite a bit of rotation there has yeah. to be but uh, no I, I think uh, looking forward to and as Derek said it's just a, such a shame that the fans aren't going to be there because a, a trip to Lisbon in late yeah. September would be a, a really weather like this yeah, would be an absolutely fantastic some Don's one. fans would have been left by now if they could have and, and stayed the week because I'm really sure well Lisbon is such a, a lovely city it's an amazing it? place yeah. yeah absolutely and of course as you said there you know looking at the Andrew the way the Dons are playing right now and that, that sort of squad of players you know you feel though although there are players maybe not playing regularly when you have a winning team you tend to have a happy team Andrew you do indeed, um, but I can quite understand uh, what Dave's saying. You know, there will be players who are, are champing at the bit to get into the side, but 
it's the good form of, of those who are in possession of the shirts at the moment that is stopping them from getting in there and that can only be a good thing because it spurs everybody on you know the guys who are in possession of the shirts know they've got to be at their very best to hold on to them the guys who are wanting the shirts have got to be at their very best for them to be even in the manager's thoughts about replacing the the, the starting 11 so uh, it's it's a happy camp at the moment uh, it, it's full of potential and uh, what a massive match this is um, coming up yeah. and it's so unfortunate that um, A, there's no crowd but B, that there's this there's air of uncertainty around the, the tie because of the problems that um, Sporting have got with COVID. Um, their game against Gil Vicente uh, at the weekend has been postponed um, and their their uh, friendlies against Napoli and against Guimaraes were, were called off as well. And you just wonder, will we manage to catch them a wee bit underbaked? But as Dave said, you know, they've got a massive squad. In fact... The squad goes into three pages uh, when you, you list everybody and you're thinking, well, eight out of, you know, there's a squad of about 30 odd. Um, they'll still be able to put up a very good side, but they're underbaked in terms of preparation and Aberdeen are flying. And they've been in this position before where they've gone uh, away in Europe as underdogs and they've come back with excellent results. Yeah. Groningen, Rijeka, this could be added to that. Hall of Fame of uh, great European nights, hopefully. You feel almost, though, that the one-leg thing is... This is where it's a real uh, a real positive for the Dons, isn't it, Dave? Because over two legs, we've seen it before, big ties against big European teams like Bayern Munich and, and teams like that. In the past, where the Dons have done brilliantly in one game, whether that's home or away... But it's the second leg that's the problem. And this, it's a one-off. It's, it's a one-off, so you have to treat it as a cup tie, yeah. any other cup tie. Um, and, uh, you know, so it does change your mindset ahead of I like the, the way they leg. played last night, like much way, more yeah, free exactly. with McCrory I, getting I, that space I think it would two legs and that was the first leg. We certainly wouldn't have been, you know, would have come back to Pataudry probably reasonably satisfied with a, a nil-nil. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. with the, what, the one leg, uh, you, you have to... At some point, go for it as the Don showed last night. Yeah, uh, Andrew Sporting, uh, Sporting Lisbon, of course, one of European football's giant clubs, and literally one of the clubs that uh, have one of the biggest histories in European football as well. You've got some stats for us. Yeah, um, this is their sixtieth season in European competition, and only Real Madrid with sixty four and Barcelona sixty three have appeared more times. Uh, uh, in Europe over the years but they don't have a good record against Scottish opposition uh, they faced Scottish teams on seven occasions and only once have they managed to come through uh, so you know there's there's various things that okay you can say that doesn't count at all because I mean you're looking back to a European Cup tie against Dundee in 1962-63 when they, when they lost what bearing has that got on, on the present day but maybe there, there's just a, a whether it's subconsciously they, they underestimate Scottish teams or Scottish teams lift themselves because, as we're describing this, this is a glamour tie, it's a massive tie. Maybe they're looking at Aberdeen, who Maybe. are they? We're not interested. <laughs> Shove them aside. Who's up next? Um, but uh, I think, you know, there'll be... Certainly Aberdeen will, will leave no stone unturned in terms of preparing for this game. But... The preparation is, is more difficult for Derek and his backroom staff because of the fact that they haven't played any games and we're 
we're hearing stories about who the players are that um, have gone down with the COVID. There's two goalkeepers, apparently. Um, but we're not going to know until match day um, who's available, who's not available. And uh, that does make your, your preparation that little bit more difficult. But they'll know all about the ins and outs of Sporting Lisbon. They're, they're a huge club. Um, Cup Winners' Cup holders back in 1964 I think the fourth occasion that uh, the trophy was played for they won beating MTK Budapest in a replay after a 3-3 draw and would you believe the winning goal in that cup final came direct from a corner <laughs> just like Ryan Hedges did <laughs> last night we might try it again I mean he's certainly been trying it and it came off last night um, there's a goalkeeper Bobby's Lamals might be available for his next move Dave if they're shorter keepers so Jamie Langfield perhaps uh, ok so we're going to be talking uh, about that a little bit more but we're also going to focus on the game on Sunday because it's a huge game in the league for the Dons they play Motherwell at Pataudry and we'll talk about that next to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yeah, the Dons in action on Sunday at home to Motherwell. Before we turn our attention to that one, I want to talk just briefly about the financial implication of progressing in Europe, Andrew. And I was reading today, again, you know, you, you read these things and you, you wonder exactly the accuracy of, of everything. But uh, uh, for reaching uh, the third qualifying round, €780,000 from UEFA, uh, which, of course, missing out extra from the, the home crowds as well. Uh, and then for progressing to the playoff round, it would be... Just just over a million euros, but then 3.7 million as a base fee for reaching the groups with the potential with uh, the, the TV pool money, etc. So, you know, whether or not that's exactly accurate or not is kind of besides the point. The, the whole point is that for a club like Aberdeen, the financial reward for progressing is huge. It's massive. Um, I, I think the, the numbers that you are quoting there, um, you know, the the financial people down at Petardry would be absolutely delighted to be getting that. But yeah. um, as you say, it's getting to the group stages um, where every game's going to be televised. And, and as you say, there's a pool of all the, the television money that gets split amongst the, the participants. That's where you, you start making money. Not in, in the same league as the Champions League, granted, but still, uh, for Aberdeen, it would be a huge, huge boost to their finances. It's just such a shame that you can't get a crowd in because I think Dave Cormack quoted that... Um, even the Runovic game could have generated something like £400,000 of, of income for, for Aberdeen. And, you know, had it been over two legs, can you imagine Sporting Lisbon coming to Petaudry? The demand for tickets would have been through the roof and you'd have had no problem at all selling corporate packages, etc. But that's not available. But... If we can get through, and it's a, a massive but, um, you know, it's a, it's a huge, huge task. Make no mistake about it. Aberdeen will have to produce one of their best ever European performances if they're to get through in Lisbon. Assuming that the game goes ahead there um, mm -hmm. next week, um, but the rewards are so tangible. And, and we know now that it's going to be Lask of Linz in Austria or Danaska Streda uh, from Slovakia uh, who face us in the, yeah. the, the playoff round if we can get through there. And I think if you were to have beaten Sporting Lisbon in their home patch, 
you wouldn't fear anybody going into the next round. No, absolutely not. Although Lask, they did make the last 16, uh, the Lask 16, uh, but then they were absolutely annihilated by Man United. But it is, you know, you, you are looking at those games and going, who would you rather have, Lask, Danaska, Streda or Sporting Lisbon? And you know that Sporting Lisbon would, you know, on paper be the strongest. And it's also at home, which in, in the current times, playing away does have extra challenges to it, as, as was the case for the Dons this week as will be the case wherever the game may be next week yep. so you know being at home is certainly and it's over one leg obviously so it's a big advantage and as I say if we get past Lisbon which as Andrew mentioned it, it, it's a huge ask but uh, I, I would, if you get through that one, you, you would fancy a home tie against yeah. either of the, the two sides. And those uh, that home tie, should the Dons progress, will be on the 1st of October. So they are coming thick and fast at the moment, and boss Derek McInnes feels that his side have a chance on Thursday against a side who are depleted, of course, due to the coronavirus pandemic. We know who we represent when we go over there. We'll try and put in a performance that gives us a chance. And, you know, certainly the, the, the form the team are in, it's, um, it, it will give us a chance, so... Great, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, you know. We said before the game, we spoke to the players often enough about it. We want to experience that. It's just a, a real shame that, that we can't experience a, a full house out there and play supporters. And it's a real shame our supporters can't travel because that clearly would be a game that would whet the appetite. And yeah. Okay. So let's talk then about Sunday's game because, of course, that is the one that the players and the management will be focusing on right now, Dave. And. Uh, it's, it's Motherwell. Motherwell last night, well, they got through, although they didn't make it easy on themselves. No, and uh, they've had an extra half hour's extra time with 10 men mm-hmm. to contend with, So and then the tr- travelling up to, to Aberdeen. So it's unlike most of the games after U- Europe where you're playing a team normally that wasn't playing in Europe, mm-hmm. and they had the advantage. It's two sides who've faced uh, very similar preparations for this one. I would expect that... There might be, um, I may be completely wrong, of course, but I would expect this is the kind of game with the European game coming next Thursday as well, where some of the guys that were on the bench last night may get a start just to freshen things up a a wee bit because the games are coming so quick right now. Yeah, and Andrew Motherwell, well, they're they're sitting bottom uh, at the moment, uh, but they have picked up their their first win there just the other week against St Johnston. They followed that up with getting through last night, albeit they made a bit of a made it a bit more difficult than they maybe needed to. Um, so they're, they're coming off the back of a couple of wins, which is the first time they can say that this season. It is. Uh, so their morale in the camp down there should be a bit higher than it was 10 days ago. Uh, they've got a decent record at Pataudry. Uh They won last time they were up here back in January, Liam Donnelly scoring the only goal. Stephen Robinson always has his side set up uh, to give Aberdeen a real battle. But there are weak points I think that Aberdeen can exploit as I mentioned, the pace that we've got at the moment is frightening and uh, we can get it at the back division uh, of uh, Motherwell. They'll be happy that they've got Trevor Carson back in goal, made three excellent penalty saves to, to get them through in the shootout uh, last night. And, uh, you know, Stephen O'Donnell's in there to, to bolster their, their defence. Tony Watt scored last night, so he'll be buzzing. Uh, Callum Lang's got himself in amongst the goals. Liam Polworth has uh, had a few assists in the, the Europa League. But they're up against an Aberdeen side who are absolutely flying at the moment and whose potential 
hasn't been fully realised as yet. So I think it's it's got all the makings of being a, a really good game, but I don't think Mother will come up here um, and attack Aberdeen. But even perhaps in the way that Kilmarnock did last week, I thought Kilmarnock uh, in the first quarter of an hour um, were very, very good against the Dons, but... Uh, then they conceded the goal and the game became a lot more even. Uh, but uh, Motherwell, I think, will keep it tight right from the start. I, I don't see them being expansive early doors because Stephen Robinson will be aware of how dangerous Aberdeen can be in the counter-attack. We're going to talk more about that on Red Friday. Uh, of course, it's a, another huge league game for the Dons on Sunday. It's at home to Motherwell. We'll get the fans' thoughts too. And we've also got Beat the Pundit all still to come. Right now, though, let's get your latest North Sound 1 news headlines. Across North East Scotland. North Sound 1 News. The Prime Minister says we're clearly seeing a second wave of coronavirus in the UK. But Boris Johnson's playing down suggestions of a second national lockdown. It's as Nicola Sturgeon calls for the PM to chair an emergency Cobra meeting this weekend. A Peterhead drug dealer who ran into the North Sea to avoid the police has been jailed for five and a half years. Officers thought 45-year-old Kevin Ritchie was trying to get rid of heroin. But he was caught with drugs the next day. He's got a string of previous convictions. A COVID-19 crisis at Sporting Lisbon's not in Aberdeen's thoughts, according to Scott Wright. No, um, you know, we just, we're going to make sure we focus for the game on Sunday. Um, and whatever team sport and put out, we'll, uh, we'll play. The Dons are at home to Motherwell on Sunday, ahead of next week's Europa League encounter. And they now know that if they can get past the Portuguese team, they'll host either Lask Lintz from Austria or Dunajska Strada in the playoff round. That's the latest. I'm Lindsay Heron. North Sound 1. Get all the biggest hits and the biggest throwbacks without lifting a finger. Just ask your smart speaker to play North Sound 1. It is North Sound 1's Red Friday. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. And it's Motherwell next up for the Dons on Sunday. And that is at Pataudry. Uh, let's get the thoughts of some fans ahead of that one because it's another important game for the Dons. Uh, we're going to hear from Dons fans Martin and first of all from uh, Graham Watt. I think Aberdeen will get the job done again. I'm going to say 3-1 Aberdeen. Obviously, Motherwell, they might be a little bit leggy. You know, they had to go through extra time and, and penalties to get to get their win last night. But I think Aberdeen will have too much for Motherwell. I think they will they should get the job done, and I'm pretty confident they'll get that seven wins in a row. So, yeah, looking forward to it, Mike. 3-1 Aberdeen. Yeah, great win last night with Aberdeen. A great 2-0 win. Um, McCrory, what a player. He's turned out to be absolutely fantastic. Um, Motherwell on Saturday... It'll be a tight. It's going to be a. It'll be a tricky one, I think, for Aberdeen. But I reckon they'll get through it. I think they'll maybe be a two 0 win for Aberdeen on Saturday. Yeah, we take the two 0 win. Obviously, it is on Sunday, not Saturday. Yep. Uh, but uh, yes, two 0 w- would be just fine. It is that thing, though, Andrew, isn't it? Where you know you you have these this really good run, and where you don't want to slip up is, with all respect to Motherwell, is when a team is sitting bottom of the league. Yeah. Um, Although uh, we're so early in the season that uh, Motherwell will argue that they're in a false position down at the bottom of the league. But uh, as we all know, league tables don't tell lies. And uh, five points from their opening seven games suggest that all is not well at Motherwell. And uh, 
Already you're looking at the league table And you're seeing a distinct split emerging The top four clubs all in double figures And Aberdeen having played two games less than two of the the three sides above them Uh, And then only three points separating position five down to position 12 So you're absolutely right If it's to be a season where Aberdeen really challenge At the, the pointy end of the table You've got to win your home games against sides, regardless of what they've done in the past, based on on what they're doing at the moment, and Motherwell are bottom of the table. So you've got to get a victory against them, although it won't be easy. But I'm confident that the Dons can keep this run going because I I just see guys like Niall McGinn, Johnny Hayes, um, Niall could welcome back into the squad because he, he didn't feature at all last night. Matty Kennedy was out injured. But McGinn has got a fantastic record against Motherwell. In 29 games, he's scored 11 times. He's created seven assists. Johnny Hayes, five goals and 15 assists in 29 games against them as well. These are two players who love playing against the Far Park side and let loose there on Sunday with the the performances that we're getting from the rest of the squad, it only spells danger for Stephen Robinson's men. Yeah, and of course the Dons playing a, a fairly uh, slick brand of attacking football at the moment, Dave, and you feel that Motherwell, you mentioned there about them coming and maybe being a bit more defensive than Kilmarnock were last week. Kilmarnock played quite differently uh, to the Kilmarnock we've seen many times before where they do tend to sit in and, and soak up pressure and really try and hit on the break. It seemed, as you said, like it was it was doing well for them in that first half an hour or so. Uh, Motherwell, slightly different team, and I guess sometimes with confidence as well, you, whether your team is confident or not really dictates as to which way you set up. And you just feel with Motherwell, confidence not quite as high as maybe that Kilmarnock team who, who did sort of come and, and have a go. Yeah, and, and also I think the, the mindset of Aberdeen is different from last season where we didn't have the best home we'd, you know results mm. at home, including one against Motherwell, mm. um, which weren't expected. But there does seem just this confidence now this season that the brand of football is entertaining and the confidence is there. I don't think, like Andrew, I don't think... Uh, Derek and the, the team will slip up on Sunday but also going back to Kilmarnock it, it was great even though there was only 300 of them mm-hmm. to have fans back albeit it was it was only temporarily as we found out because there was meant to be 750 coming on Sunday but that's not going to happen for, for a wee while but it was great and the fans were there it's something for them to tell their, their grandkids Absolutely to, I was there when only 300 people watched Aberdeen Yeah, it was some experience uh, you know, watching the pictures and, and seeing the celebrations And, and as, as we said last Friday uh, you know, there, there was the occasional shout out that wasn't you know, we were told not to <laughs> shout like, like there was say um, Bobby Madden when he was warming up a fan shouted at him how hopeless he was and Bobby Madden shouted back you sit down and be quiet <laughs> <laughs> you do you do sometimes think Andrew you know the people that make these rules you do sometimes think have you actually been to a football match yeah um, it was interesting because uh, when there was good play in the opening portion of the game there was polite ripples of applause rang round the the ground well, they, they rang around the, that centre part of the South Stand. Uh, but when Ross McCrory scored that excellent goal of his, I mean, the more you watch that goal, it has got so much good about it and so much about the way Aberdeen are playing about it now. Um, but there was 
a roar went up from the fans and it, it's just natural yeah. as a football supporter when you see a, a good bit of play and your team scores a goal you're not going to just sit there and go well done lads that, that was nice <laughs> um, I'll, you'll rustle your sweet papers but um, I, no it was it was really good to see the fans back in and by all accounts everything went like clockwork getting them in safely getting them back out safely everybody followed all the instructions all the protocols to the letter and let's just hope that uh, it's not too long before we see fans in the ground once again because they certainly even in the small number that there were there last week they added to the game and everybody was so delighted to see them there uh, Andrew Aberdeen Motherwell at Pataudry holds a special place in my memory for a midweek game a few seasons ago where I was uh, I was given a job uh, for the first and last time um, can you remember what the reason was that it was such a short lived career for me and what I was doing um, that was the night that the, the floodlights went out wasn't it <laughs> I was um, I was match day announcer you were indeed for six and a half minutes or whatever it was yeah uh, that um, and Duncan Fraser, who was the chief executive, Dave, you'll remember, was sitting with us in the Red TV commentary position. He was. And when the lights went out, Duncan's got, don't come to me, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen him move so fast to get away from there, but uh, then if you remember uh, when the game was replayed, was that not the, the one that were 172? It, it was, it, it definitely yeah. was, yeah. When Graham Shinney wasn't sure if Ryan Christie's wonder goal was yeah, Graham, meant to Graham be or a cross. Summarising, and he said, I don't think Ryan meant that. And he said, Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. And then at half time, Graham says, I'm not going to get back into this team. <laughs> <laughs> and it was true, he didn't get yeah, back into the right. side. He was on the, on the bench. bench at Kilmarnock the next game. But um, no, that, that was a, a memorable night, the, the one when the, when the lights went out. Um, oh. uh, you, you won't be getting a long service medal. Oh no, uh, no, and Keith Lasley, uh, who was still playing for for Motherwell at the time, yeah. is a qualified Sparky, and he was going around saying, "Anybody, anybody got a set of uh, tools? I'll do a homer. I'll get it sorted, boys." I'll tell you something. The uh, the best memories for me were the fact that Sky Sports decided that uh, me saying. <laughs> Time to go home, folks, was the bit they were going to use. So that was a great legacy to have, uh, being booed by uh, the whole of Batodri <laughs> after my first and only time doing a match day announcement. Uh, great memories, but let's hope that, uh, that that's a thing of the past. And, uh, well, Sunday, it's going to be during the day, so that's not going to happen. Uh, so, yes, Aberdeen Motherwell Sunday, it is the next game for the Dons. It's, a, it's another big one. Because of that run, it could be seven wins in a row. We're going to talk more about that, but we've also got Beat the Pundit. We're going to find out how North Sound won's Cheryl got on last week uh, against Dave. McDermott and uh, we'll do that and we'll do this week's predictions as well in just a minute It's time to talk football, it's time to talk Dons, North Sound 1 Red Friday so every week, our pundit Dave McDermott goes up against a Dons fan in predicting the outcome of the Scottish Premiership games over the course of the weekend. Last week, it was North Sound 1 travel reporter Cheryl who had to go despite admitting that she hasn't got the first clue about football. Uh, Andrew, how did uh, the, the expert Dave McDermott get on against Cheryl? Well, it's... He's a gentleman, Dave, but he showed no chivalry whatsoever and battered her 7 3, I'm afraid. Okay. So that's four wins and two defeats in the first six weeks of the, of the season. But it was two wins, two defeats, two wins. Is it going to be a defeat this week? Oh, well, it, probably. Well, it's uh, Don's fan, Kev Lynch, who is going to have a go this week. Uh, let's get Kev's predictions for the games this weekend. Saturday, Livingston, I'm going to say. 3-1 Celtic. I'm going to go for 1-0 
St Mirren in that one. 2-1, Kilmarnock. St Johnson versus Ross County, I think 1-1 draw. Hibs versus Rangers, I'm going to go with a 1-1, hopefully. Aberdeen to win 2-0 against Motherwell. OK, so just to recap there then, we've got from Kev, Celtic 3, Livingston 1, Dundee United nil, St Mirren 1, Kilmarnock 2, Hamilton 1, St Johnston 1, Ross County 1, then on Sunday, Hibs 1, Rangers 1, and Aberdeen 2, Motherwell nil. So we'll start with Celtic Livingston, Dave. I think it'll be more one-sided than uh, Kevin's prediction. I'm going for 4-0 Celtic. Dundee United, St Mirren. Uh, again, I'm going the opposite way from Kevin, 2-1 to the home side. Hamilton visit Kilmarnock. I, I also think Killy will win, but 1-0. St Johnston, Ross County. Agree with Kev, 1-1. Uh, then on Sunday, the 12 o'clock kickoff, it's Hibs at home to Rangers. I think uh, Rangers will be too strong for the Edinburgh side, 2-0. Aberdeen, Motherwell. And again, as with Kevin, 2-0, Aberdeen. Yeah, which I think we would we would all take. Just a word there for Craig Bryson, Andrew. He's signed for St Johnston until the end of the season. He has done, and we wish Craig every success. Apart from when he plays against Aberdeen, yes, he, he obviously is not a superstitious guy because he's he's accepted the number thirteen shirt, which, <laughs> given the bad luck that he's endured since leaving Derby County, somewhat surprised me. But um, it's a good signing for St Johnston, um, and you know I would anticipate him making his debut uh, against. County tomorrow, and or yeah, it's tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested this weekend to see how Rangers react because Celtic have the opposition have the, the the opportunity if they beat Livingston to go ahead of Rangers at the top of the table, and then Rangers have to go to Hibs, which is always a dangerous ground to go to. Actually, looking up and seeing somebody above them in the table for the first time this season, so it's going to be an interesting weekend. This one, yeah, uh, Dave. For you, outside of course uh, of Aberdeen Motherwell, what's the game that intrigues you? Yeah, I think uh, like Andrew Hibbs Rangers. I mean, I've gone to know Rangers, but Hibbs we know are very difficult to break down at home. I just think Rangers, um, the way they're they're playing just now, they'll. they'll um, They'll, they've got a big enough squad that they mm. can rest players again without weakening the side. Ryan Jack missed the the trip to Gibraltar. He could be back. He's a very influential player. Um, and in terms of tomorrow's games, I um, hope uh, wish Craig all the best for his his debut if he plays for St Johnston against Ross County. And Craig, Craig Bryson is typical of one of the guys that knew he was down the pecking order. Yeah. He wants to play football at his stage of career, so yeah. he was he was more happy to go somewhere where he's going to get uh, regular games. Um, but uh, Dundee United St Mirren the one that uh, we've given different predictions uh, United started the season reasonably well struggle a wee bit in recent times but uh, I think at home they will have too much for St Mirren who are, who are not a bad side Yeah I mean Mickey Mellon will want to get that win because Dundee United they, they started so well Andrew but they seem to just tailed off a bit Well they've lost 4-0 in each of their last two games no, That's tailing um, off and a half <laughs> That's tailing <laughs> off big style uh, but they're a better side than, than those results would suggest uh, St Mirren as, as Dave said you know they, they had a decent start to the season they're virtually locked together on the table on 7 points from 7 games uh, Dundee United minus eight because of these two four nil defeats and St Mirren minus six just ahead of them in, in the table. But uh, you know, there's 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 so little to choose between so many sides in that middle portion. Ross mm-hmm. County, St Johnston, St Mirren, Dundee United, and never ever write off Hamilton Ackies. You know, they haven't scored at home, but they've they've got themselves two very good away victories and uh, you wouldn't bet against them going to Kilmarnock and getting a result, but 
I, saw, I think I saw enough from Kilmarnock last week to suggest that good times are round the corner and they're going to climb the table because I think, uh, like Motherwell, will feel that they're in a false position in bottom spot at the moment. Yeah. Kilmarnock certainly second bottom in the table and that's only in, in terms of um, goal difference above uh, Livingston and Motherwell. Uh, I think we saw enough last week at Bataudry, Dave, to suggest that there are better times ahead for Kilmarnock. Yeah, I was quite impressed with uh, Kilmarnock and uh, Chris Burke. They've got a, a player in the twilight of his career, but he, he doesn't look it when he's on that pitch. Still gets up and down that that uh, flank. And uh, yeah, yeah no, I was. I, th- I thought Kelly. Alex Dyer's doing a, a decent job there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we finish up today, we're going to hear very quickly from former Don Richie Byrne because huge tie for Aberdeen on Thursday. Sporting Lisbon, our fan reporter, Graham Watt, caught up with Richie to get his thoughts on that. Hi, guys. Well, it's a massive, massive game. As in Europe, you're not going to play a team that is not at a high standard, no matter what draw you get. Every team is there for a reason. Uh, but to go to, to Lisbon, they're the second or third biggest club in Portugal. Some very, very good players. They've got some good internationals there. Uh, some some good young prospects. Um, and they, they've always done well. They've won their, their domestic cup a few times the last five seasons. And they've done well in the in the European competitions. They, you know, they've been in the Champions League. They've a lot of Champions League experience. They've a lot of UEFA Cup experience as well, um, or Europa League now as it is. Um, so, like, it's a it's a good it's a good team. Uh, Aberdeen are going to play against. It's a tough test. How do I think they're going to get on? Well, you know, for me, when you play against teams like that, they're always good on the ball. They're always comfortable in possession. With the situation as it is, will they be as, will they be fitter? Those are the things that come come into play, and you always have a chance um, if you if you get yourself in a good physical condition. And uh, although it's an away toy, um, it's yeah, it's going to be tough. They're going to you can imagine they're going to have a lot of the ball, but there's going to be no fans there. So it, it, I think it, that's you know that's a, that's of advantage to Aberdeen. The fact that there's no home fans there, I feel it'll be less hostile. Um, and will they be used to the style of play that Aberdeen have and, and the threat that they have? Like, there's some very good wing play. Um, that Aberdeen can utilise. You know, you have Johnny Hayes uh, on the left-hand side who whips in some serious crosses. Can they deal with a lot of crosses into the box? Is that something that they're used to? Or are they used to teams trying to pass their way through? Um, so maybe trying to expose some of their weaknesses. And uh, and there's definitely a chance there. But I think Aberdeen, you know, the, the way the team play now, they actually keep the ball extremely well. Does some very good movement. And uh, there's also the possibility of playing quite direct. So, um, listen, you never know. Uh, it's a great toy to play in. And as long as the lads give a good account of themselves, you never know what can happen. And it's what happens on the day. So uh, the best of luck to the, to the team. Yeah, it's great and exciting to hear, you know, the Dons playing against teams like Sporting Lisbon, Dave. And it's great to hear from Richie there. Just very, very quickly, because we haven't got much time left. What's your what's your prediction for Thursday? Give us a give us a score. <laughs> I, I think we're going to win, uh, obviously, 1-0. And Richie, of course, he knows what it's like to get through to the group stages. He was part of the squad to get through to the group stages of the UEFA Cup of last time we've done it so I'm going to go for a 1-0 one Okay Andrew you've got 10 seconds what's the score going to be on Thursday? Um, I would settle for any sort of victory <laughs> That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Uh, Of course, that is after the game on Sunday, which is the next big one for the Dons. It's Aberdeen against Motherwell. It's a Pataudry game, of course. Three o'clock kickoff. Come on, you Reds. Red Friday will be back in a week's time. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1. Red Friday.